0: Hey, everybody, I wrote a book. I'm super excited and I'd love for you to check it out. No Longer Denying Sexual Abuse, Making the Choices That Can Change Your Life is now available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and Goodreads, anywhere that you read a book. So please check it out. And I've also launched my 21-week series, No Longer Abused, which is free. All you have to do is buy a copy of the book. For more information, go to no longer denying nolongerdenyingsexualabuse.com and sign up for one or all of the 21-week series. And now, on to our guest. I'm a writer. I love writers, and I coach writers, so it makes sense that I'd interview writers from all areas, blogging, TV, film, songwriting, podcasting, but also the new writers, the first-timers, that did it, that took the plunge, because at one point they heard from someone, you should write a book about that. Today, I get the pleasure to talk with my funny and worldly book client, Joy McManigal. We have been working together for over a year, and I have seen firsthand that although her four daughters are out of their house and on a journey as young adults, When there's a crisis or a decision, mom is called. She's been summonsed right in the middle of a coaching call. And as Joy says it, even though we're not running them to 58 sporting events or 95 art classes, they're still our children. And when our daughters and sons go out in the world, they enter a new phase where they start to discern values and mission and purpose and what they love and where they want to put their attention. Or as Joy's book aptly puts it, Living the good life. Welcome
1: to the show, Joy. Thank you so much. What a lovely introduction from a lovely person.
0: <laughs> Congrats! Congrats! Thank you you Thank finished the
1: book. That's a really big accomplishment. How does it feel? It feels exhilarating, truthfully, and and it feels mixed blessing. On the one hand, I want to just keep writing and and just keep making it better and better. And yet, I know that there's that point where you just have to say enough. Just Get it out there and and we'll, we'll fix it later. It's very exciting. A little daunting, but exciting at the same time. It's a huge
0: accomplishment. And The Good You is an inspirational and proactive self-help book for young adults. What drove you to write this kind of book? I mean, aside from having, you know, four daughters that are now young adults, but what moment, is there like a particular moment we could narrow down that you saw the, like an indication for this need?
1: There was, there was a dinner conversation with friends of mine who are parents. There were a couple that's, that have their own individual kids, and they've blended their families. And they were going through some hardships. And we were having dinner, and the man just said, uh, so why are your kids not so messed up? You know, what have you been doing <laughs> to, to just not be in my situation? And it made me really stop to ponder, like, hmm. Are my kids not, you know, are, and I started thinking about it because I've been around a lot of young people in a variety of capacities as a teacher and a mentor and a boss and a parent and a coach and counselor, all these different capacities. And I realized it's true that just some kids seem to have more, more tools available to them to help them navigate this transition from adolescence to adulthood. And, and it's, it's tough. And so it just made me stop and like, oh, what have I been doing with my kids that's helping them? And that just started what was initially going to be a, a guide for for mothers, like just to how to raise kids who aren't screwed up. As, <laughs> you know, that broad that genre. Would, <laughs> that would, That would probably fly off the shelf, too, though. <laughs> And so that just started like, okay, is there beyond just, you know, tip one, tip two, tip three, like just trying to get at fundamentally, how can we help ourselves as parents, as citizens of the world, as family members, as friends, how can we channel some of these tried and true techniques to really get at ourselves of what makes a good person? And I realized it's not about, it's not a certain age, and it's not a certain background that qualifies for a good life. And so this just got me on the journey of what constitutes having a good life as a good person. And many years later, and with the assistance of your, your wonderful coaching, I now have my book, The Good You.
0: It's a great book. It's a great book. And
1: and what were some of the, the challenges in writing the book? Making it user-friendly. I have a background in academia and I've done a lot of professional writing and and more academically oriented writing and and like trying to make sure that I'm still true to my own voice, which I'm not one for Valley speak and a lot of informal communication. So I still wanted to, again, be true to myself, but be able to use examples and terminology and phrasing that would appeal to, to young readers. Right. And so fortunately, I have four daughters that are between the ages of 18 and 26 that have helped me to say, uh, mom, nobody talks like that. Or,
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's just not cool anymore, mom. <laughs> not cool, mom. No, 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 no.
1: <laughs> so I guess finding the right tone and terminology for this young adult crowd.
0: Right. And we had one. Were where I was like nobody knows what a metal detector is that's in their twenties. And you went back to your daughters, and they were like, "Yeah, we know what a metal." And I was like, "The one on the beach with the crazy people." And they're like, "Yeah, we know what those are." I'm like, "Wow, that one I didn't think they would know, but I guess that's like a universal thing. We've all seen the people on the beach." So, so you speak of you know you speak to young people, and this is an extension of the question you just answered, but. You speak to young people like from midlife as a writer. And so how did you endeavor to understand what was relevant in your journey to include in this younger narrative?
1: My initial hesitation is it's not about me and just give the advice. But the more I realize how when I read a self-help book or again talking to to more young readers, like I they need to be invested in the in the author. They need to know that their story is relatable. And so I had to kind of overcome that initial hesitation to include anything personal about me. I'm like, okay, it's not about me, but my story will help the reader to see that I'm not just pulling this stuff out of my, um, my brain. Kista. <laughs> Kista. <laughs> You know, it's lived experiences uh, that I'm trying to synthesize, like, okay, I went through all this ups and down journey that, so that you don't have to, I mean, feel free if you want to, but you don't have to make all the pit stops and, and waste so much time and energy the way I did to just help, them, you know, help people just get some tools that they can take with them for the rest of their life. Because again, although this book is geared towards the new adult, the young adult, those like 17 to 30 year old crowd. As I was talking about it with my eldest daughter, she goes, Mom, this applies to everybody. She goes, "I, you know, you, you've been saying this to me my whole life growing up. And I stopped. and I'm like, wait, what? I really have? And she goes, Mom, this you've been teaching us our whole lives. I'm like, oh, it's the nicest thing you could have said to me. <laughs> you know, like a tear <laughs> is coming down my face. Yeah, because that was the other issue. Like, walk, As I'm writing, I'm like, oh, I wish I had this clarity now that, you know, 20 years ago when I'm raising my kids. And, and I was assured It's been there. So it's just a way of approaching life. And again, even going back to when I was 20 something, I noted that I had a sense of self that a lot of people didn't have. And like, why? Why? You're Mm. so amazing. Why don't you believe in yourself? You know, why are you doubting that your ability to do that? Like it made no sense to me. And hence this journey into this book into delving into more of the, the inner workings, the the, right. the mental health and the sense of self and some of those roadblocks that really can prevent us from just being the best person we could be and the, the good you.
0: Absolutely, the good you. And, and you're right, it is a fine balance. Like, you know, you didn't want to write as that person, like, when I was a kid, I had to walk 45 <laughs> miles in a snowstorm, right? That sort of, better than thou kind of voice. And exactly. you did really achieve that. Like, a, I get you. Like, I hear you. Like, I understand. Like, like you said, look, you can go make like all the mistakes you want or have all the journeys you want. But here's like some ways that you can maybe circumvent some of the pain <laughs>
1: if you choose. Right. If you choose. And that's a big emphasis that I will hopefully come across is that Although I do provide a lot of tangible suggestions of ways to help yourself and help others. My emphasis is that what you do is not so important as why you're doing it. Right. You know, the, the intention, the motivation, you know, how it lands, again, crapshoot, you know, you can only control so much. And so that's the part that I'm trying to emphasize is that make sure that whatever's coming out of your mouth and your thoughts and your, in your brain and your actions are, are what you want to be, uh, really reflect the best version of you.
0: Right. And that's why you have in the book as a mantra, help not hurt. Mm -hmm. And you hinge a lot of the teachings, which which is what makes this a different book than any other book that's about values and mission or purpose Mm -hmm. is that it's great that you're shaping who you want to be. But while you're shaping who you want to be, like, think about like what you just said, think about like how that, is that helping people or is that hurting people? How do you? How did that come up? And how do you think that's going to land with the Gen Y, Gen Z group?
1: Well, hopefully it'll land well because it's just—I I like to keep things simple. You know, the 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 motto, the maxim of the book is "It ain't that deep," and that's <laughs> that's something I guess I've been saying a long time, apparently. But it's the idea that we often tend to overcomplicate situations, and certainly the the meaning of life. And my point is, you know, make it simple. Take it down to the grassroots, the nuts and bolts of what we're talking about, which is do things that are trying to help yourself and others, and not hurt yourself and others. And I think having that really simple framework, it it can be a quick tool you take out with you. You don't have to think like, wait, what were the four steps, and then the what are the, the steps. Right. You
0: have index cards, and you're going like you're going nuts. Yeah,
1: you know, I talk about a help hurt filter. You know, everything does it help or hurt? Black or white, you know, and in that instant, you can you can utilize that as a tool. And then you can fine tune it, obviously, as you go forward. But that framework of of like being helping you to be more accountable for your actions, be more control of your actions. And I think the more you get in the habit of that, like, oh, I'm just trying to help. It just takes away a lot of the doubt and a lot of the I don't know what to do. Well, figure out something that will help. Right. And I think it's a launching off point that is hopefully very relatable. And again, I talk about helping, you know, when you help yourself, it's helping your mind, body, your spirit and your heart. You know, it's like package deal. When you're helping others, it's helping your people, helping your community, helping your world. And I emphasize helping so much because to me, it's activator. It's what gets you when you're so busy, you know, locked in your head and i think that's you, you do one baby step can lead to two baby steps and all of a sudden you're you're back out and you're trying and and trying and striving is a big focus of my book cuz like there's not one good you or good life fits it's you get to decide that for yourself yes very very true so
0: statistically I'm going to take a little bit of a turn here. Statistically, you know, a lot of young adults come from broken homes. It's just the way it is. And you have a close relationship raising your four daughters with the actor Giancarlo Esposito. How do you think the way you co-parented had an impact on your four daughters? And what part of help, not hurt, did you bring into your co-parenting?
1: As you say, that the first thing that came to mind was my mother. I was not raised with many rules uh, other than don't ride motorcycles and write thank you notes. So those are my <laughs> guidelines for my my youth, um, <laughs> which have fared me well. But she did say one thing. I remember the first time I came home from college and I had met all these amazing new people, but they were in therapy and they were having issues and they were have all this angst. So I'm like, mom, why do we not have this angst? We being my brother, and sister and I. What did you, you know, what was your philosophy, your philosophy or your, your, your methods? And she she was like, uh, I have none. She goes, she did say, I'm, I don't want to project my fears onto you. Um. And that has stuck with me. I'm like, okay, concerted effort not to project my fears with my ex and the father of my kids. It was always about what's in the kids' best interest and not bringing my kids in as uh, the middle people and, and trying to have them be a sounding board or. Anything other than like whatever my relationship with my husband, ex husband is between us. Right. You know, and, and that's for me to work out. It's not for my kids, you know, separate the two. And so it's important that accountability and taking responsibility for your own actions. And this is a big, I, I emphasize a this big part of the book. book. It's a big part is that, you know, your life is your life. And again, it doesn't have to stay that way, whatever those circumstances are, but it's your life. So, you know, I'm not, I don't believe in, victimhood and, and what was me approach? And it's like, no, your life it's on you to try to make it better if you want to make it better. And to me, part of making it better is you don't blame other people for what's going on in your life. You know, figure out your role in it and then keep on trucking if you need to, but look at your part, look at <laughs> your, look part. At your and, part. And
0: and for any young person that's listening to this now, whose parents might not have behaved as on the level and I too try and follow the same model as you and your ex with my ex and keep things, you know, I mean, my kids are very inquisitive. They'll get stuff out of me every once in a while. They're sneaky that way. But any young person listening to this, you know, if your parents didn't follow that model, if you had, if you were involved in stuff, like Joy just said, it's your job now to tease that out and create a model for you that works for you.
1: And that you can bring out into the world, right? Totally agree. And I can again pinpoint a, a time. Let me think about the timing of this. It was probably 15 to 20 years after, maybe let's say 15 years after my husband and I had separated and i have been raising the kids that sat down and, and like the kids had, like, what, mom, what really happened with your marriage? And I'm like, okay, they're asking, so I will tell. Right. And what came up in the course of the conversation was that for ten to fifteen years, my one daughter thought the reason why we divorced is because I didn't like the way my my husband folded the towels. <laughs> <laughs> and I like, oh, wow, sure, yeah, it'll break you up. <laughs> That led, and I realized like yeah, he had no clue of the any of the backstory dramas, and they, they, like no clue. And I'm like, I have done my job. That you think we broke up because of the that's towels? Right. That's yeah. right. You didn't mm-hmm. sit
0: there and put them down, and and that's also part of the model. It's like how can we be out in the world and have compassion and care and consideration for other people? Let's talk about the creative process. So over five drafts, you know, you've had a variety of ahas. Where's the project now, and you had mentioned that you had a different vision in the past as you did now where How does it compare?
1: There are certainly remnants from original draft to now that are in there. It's a different, certainly different structured, and even my methodology is uh, my game plan. It's called something different, and it has it's framed differently. So I think what what started as one, the nuts and bolts of this is still there, but it has grown much more. And it's incorporated, like I said, the whole idea of the mental health challenges, right. sort of these fear-based beliefs that we have with our mindset that has taken on much more of a central focus because it's about, again, the the, the book subtitle is personal and practical plan to do good, be good and feel good. Yes. And I think that emphasis on the feeling good is a part that will pro- probably be the catalyst for a lot of people. Like I- I'm just tired of feeling so bad.
0: Yeah. I just feel bad. Like help me. Feel- yeah. I just feel bad. I like want to feel good. Like what can yeah, I do? And, and right. then, and helping others often service is such a huge way to get out of yourself and get out of your own way and help take care of feelings of depression and, and everything. And, and young people, you know, need to get away from their phones and get more out into the world. And we, as parents can help them do that and help them see that. So where do you think this book is going in terms of a series of books? We've chatted about the series of books,
1: which gets me very excited. I get all excited excited
0: over IP. I'm like, I should have been an IP lawyer.
1: (laughs) Yes, I can envision this becoming what the first of a series of guidebooks. Well, this one, again, is geared towards young adult, the new adult market, but as my, my daughter reminded me, the principles are the s- applicable all ages, particularly anybody who's trying to navigate a transition in their life, you know, mm-hmm. going from this point to that point. Because my, my wheelhouse is working with the new adults, the young adult crowd. This does emphasize more of that transition from high school to college, college to workplace, living at home to living on your own. Sort of again, those new adult adolescence, adulthood concepts. But I, as a mother, like the next book would be about guidebook for for mothers you know help them navigate that
0: yeah and you can get more even more specific you can say like a guidebook you know the good life for single moms the good life for you know step parents
1: i mean this is we could go on and on like the chicken soup chicken soup for the soul concept or seven habits of highly effective people and anyway i can envision that i also envision taking the the methodology of this and turning it into online webinars that could be purchase individually or access to academic institutions, you know, guidance offices, career counselor offices, so that there's a way that people are like, okay, let me help figure all these big picture things out. Like, what is it that will really make me happy rather than let me just pick one major. It's like step right. back and, and you still have to pick a major to say if you're going to college, but stepping back, like being more thoughtful of that process, tapping into what will truly make you feel better about yourself moving forward.
0: And you have a process you take them through in the book that shows how perspective young person would use all the model that you have and go through that. I'm thinking app too, for the young people, like something that they could just do on an app because they're all on their phones. So you're about to enter this period where you take the book proposal and you go out and looking for an agent. What is scaring you the most about this process? Uh, Scaring are you not scared? I shouldn't even put that
1: in. Tell me how you feel. Well, I was recently with my sister and she knows that I'm not big on the marketing aspect of life. <laughs> <laughs> of life. Of life in general. But she's like, you know, maybe reframe how you think of it. It's a, an opportunity to share with the world. Your gifts. So now with that frame, I'm not afraid about, about them. And I have uh, my spiritual faith such that I believe I will, the right person or people, group of people will, we will connect and we will put this in the world. So I'm just trying to focus uh, less on the research of which agent and which publisher house and what demographics, statistics, and all the stuff that I know you need to do because you've been telling me I need to do it. I trust you. But getting back to the bigger message of, you know, this is information I think will help people. And I feel a responsibility to get it out in in a way that will be as as accessible as many to as many as possible.
0: Right. And like you said, see what shows up in the universe. I mean, there could be a pilot program for this at at one of the universities that you've had, you know, a relationship with, or that, you know, who knows what's going to happen. So what has surprised you most about the book writing process? Because this is your first book, right? Mm -hmm. And so what has been Like as you're putting the ideas and the words down, I know that there would, I would get a text or an email. It would say, this is like something that, you know, I always quiver when I get this from clients, but like, so I've re-outlined, right? (laughs) And I've
1: always, that was a process for you that worked. That's it. And that's the way my brain works. And that's why like, I like try to, it goes back to school days when I would take the big Big ideas and then narrow it down to five pages. And then five pages becomes one page, and one page becomes a paragraph that I could visually look at and rebrace. So my, that's how my brain works. Right. And the, the outline is that narrowing down version. I still like that very much.
0: Yes, you do. And at, at a certain point, I think at a certain point, I was like, doesn't matter. Just try. don't send them to me anymore. Anyway. <laughs> is it the purple
1: one or the pink one? I don't know what's going on anymore. So I think that the uh, what surprised me is how much time it takes to minimize the work, Right. and so that that's again I I could have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages, and so I, I definitely have at least three versions of this book in my never going to use it section. Yeah, and so it's trying to say what I want in the most pithy and poignant ways possible.
0: Right. And uh, and I think you did a really good job with that and and the process and narrowing it down and continuing to reconfigure and going back to the drawing board and then writing more again, but never really throwing too much out, just sort of retooling and not being afraid of retooling. What sage advice would you give any other writer that is currently about there's considering is listening right now and considering entering into this process?
1: Just be really clear about your motivation for doing it. Because I think in those uh, those times you're looking at the half-finished draft and you know what needs to be done, you're like, why bother? I think once you realize what the initial impetus was to write this book, and hopefully that's an impetus that you will just keep fine tuning it and, and clarifying for yourself, but just have that forefront, like it is worth it. Remember why you wanted to initially, that you, you have something to say that you think is important keep going back to that. And if you find along the way that, you know, I I don't really care about what I initially did, but I've actually now care more about that, be flexible and be willing to just retool or redirect some of your your thoughts and the direction of your story. I agree with that.
0: I agree because over the course of a year plus, I mean, things are going to change. You're going to have an evolution, you know, especially when you're uh, willing to be open to some other, you know, guidance or ideas thank you so much for coming and talking. I love your book. I'm so excited to see where it lands and have the, helping people to have a good
1: life. Thank you so much, Kim. I really appreciate it. Good luck to all, you, all your authors that are out there and potential authors. Just, it's worth it. It is. It <laughs> yes. is.
0: We're sort of lying, okay. but we're not really. <laughs> <laughs> you've been listening to, you should write a book about that. We love reviews. If you enjoyed our show, head over to your platform of choice to drop a review, share with a friend, or even better, if you want to write a book, be in touch. You can find us at
1: kimohara.com.